0: All right, welcome everybody to the Better Modesto Show here on 1360 AM KFIV Power Talk. Also on the iHeartRadio app, I'm your host, Chris Ricky. My co-host is Jim Applegate. He is on sabbatical at the moment. Uh, so today on Better Modesto, we're talking to Supervisor Manny Greywall from Stanislaus County. Welcome to the show, Manny. How you doing, man?
1: Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, Thank you so much for me have the opportunity to be on your radio show. I've heard really good things about it. Great dialogue, great opportunity to get good information out to the community. So I appreciate you and Jim doing this. And uh, again, appreciate the fact that you guys chose me to be on your show this week. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, man, it's been, it's been a ton of fun um, getting to know people and getting to know other politicians in town. And I think the thing that I appreciate the most, and I've talked to you obviously, because we, you know, as a city council person, District 3 in Modesto, you and I have this weird thing where we kind of share a district, which is crazy, right? So um, it's really interesting that we get to talk and solve problems together. You on the county level, me on the city level, you know, working together to, to make this stuff happen. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's,
1: uh, um, uh, uh, one of the things that I think we've talked about before your district is, uh, district three is pretty much my entire district on, uh, on the County side. So, uh, we have shared constituencies and it's been really, um, a privilege to be able to talk to you, you know, whenever I reach out, if there's a city complaint or a city issue from a constituent, I can call you and you're on it. So that that means a lot to me. And you know, that's you know, outside, I I don't really refer to this as politics. I always refer to it as public service because I think that's what public service is about. You know, being being accountable and being uh, expeditious uh, to address issues that uh, people have and citizens have. So when you have a partner that allows you to do that, and you know, it it just makes it so much easier and it's a better that we put out to our, um, our community. and, and, And that better product only happens if there's great partnerships.
0: It's absolutely right. And we in our, in our community, which is a city and a county and a state, we do have some pretty overwhelming challenges right now. I look at what's going on with homelessness, what's going on with the lack of regular people being able to get affordable housing, you know, the, the really the dearth of of opportunity for people to get living wage jobs right um it is so critical that all our different levels of government work together and i think that's like the coolest thing about what i've been seeing throughout our government whether it's our Congressperson or our state senators or assembly people or or people like you and supervisors like we are all actually working together to solve these problems and it's it's pretty cool no,
1: that's, that, that, it's,
0: it's an honor to be a part of that team. Yeah, so let's get into some of the stuff we're working on. I mean, I think that uh, one of the most challenging issues, and I mentioned it a couple minutes ago, is homelessness. And right now, we're in a homeless emergency. Um, and in every year, you know, like last year, our, our homeless was at about 1,900 people. The year before that, it was about 1,800 or so. When you're looking at the county census of the homeless, um, this year it was 2,100 Um, and it just feels like government isn't doing a lot, like, isn't being super proactive in creating solutions, you know? So my question to you, Manny, is like, what do you think government should do right now? What should we do? Like, if we could do something tomorrow, what should we do right now, you know, to reduce homelessness in our community?
1: So you're absolutely. Absolutely right. This uh, homelessness has just, over the years, become a major issue in you know throughout the entire state in different communities, and you know this is something that's very near and dear to me too. And and you know money is being expended on this issue, uh, you know the state's billions and billions of dollars, which is great. Obviously, that shows that there's a commitment at the state level, the county level, the city level, but as to be good stewards of that. Um, money that's coming through because you know those are taxpayer dollars that are coming through to help the taxpayers uh, and to help everybody that that needs those services, regardless of you know whether um, they're homeless or are able to uh, afford living in a home. Those are services that we need to provide to our communities. Now, my issue is being good stewards of those funds and then having some deliverables, right? If, if we're spending all that money and we're not getting results, then you know maybe it's time to really reassess how that money is being expended. And homelessness for me is is, is a multi-pronged approach. It can't just be, all right, we need to get them in housing because there's a certain aspect or certain population uh, that are experiencing homelessness that have behavioral health issues, that have mental issues, that have addiction issues. And we really got to help with that as well because just putting them in a home, but they still suffer from severe PTSD, schizophrenia, Things like that. Until we address those issues, this is not a you know full on all 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 you know all uh, hands on base or whatever you want to look at it. But it has to be a multi pronged approach. You know, it's great that we're buying you know hotels, converting them into um, transitional housing. You know, we have the shelter here in the county on 9th and D. Other cities are starting to do that. Great programs in Patterson, Turlock. Other cities are coming on board with them. But my my thing that I think we need to really look at is, okay, it's not just one bucket. You know, there's multiple buckets and we need to address them. And that's why we started focus on prevention a few years back is we can't have a band-aid approach. It has to be a long-term sustainable approach. So somebody that gets out of the system of homelessness or out of their circumstances of being homeless, it's not a revolving door that they're going back to over and over again. If we have that type of resource, the type of resources we're getting from the state, we need to make sure that it's a long-term sustainable solution. And that's what I'm for, having those conversations. And some of those conversations are tough conversations to have, you know, like Laura's Law. That's, that's a tough conversation. Uh, you know, if the county took a step in the right direction to see how that can be done, because there's people that don't want treatment and, and we have to really see how we can provide that treatment for them so that, they can, so that we can help them. And, and it's not trying to take control of rights because everyone, you know, my big thing is everyone has rights, regardless of uh, the situation, whether they're homeless, right? You can just do what you want uh, and, and not respect those rights. And that's a big um, issue that I see sometimes when we talk about Laura's Law is, you know, you're doing treatment in But those conversations are going to need to be had because some people need treatment and they're not homeless because of financial circumstances. Now, Chris, if they are homeless because of financial circumstances, then we need to make sure we're doing enough. We need to provide affordable housing, transitional housing, low-income housing, so that people are sleeping every night with a roof over their head and in a warm setting during the winter. Um, you know, that's my biggest passion is making sure that we have people living on the streets because of their financial circumstances.
0: Yeah, that's one of the big issues is like, when you look at homelessness, it is not just people that can't afford homes, for example, it's somebody that maybe uh, is an alcoholic or somebody that has a really bad issue with methamphetamine or somebody that's schizophrenic or somebody that you know lost a loved one and one was unable to get over it you know depression uh yeah there there's a different flavor and for each flavor there needs to be a, a new solution and that's the challenge of this is we can't just like throw money at it we can't wave a magic wand and fix it like sometimes it almost doesn't matter how much money we have to spend If we don't know what to do to solve the problems and we don't try to focus on the different, um, the different kinds of homelessness. And I think that's exacerbated by the problems that we've had um, with our overall housing stock and a lack of housing stock. And we'll talk about that as well. But here we are on the Better Modesto show here on Power Talk 1360 AM k f i v i'm your host chris ricky i'm also a council person for modesto's district three um you can also listen to the show on our iheart radio app my co-host is jim applegate jim can't wait for you to come back i'm looking forward to seeing you back on the air with me soon please brother please uh my my uh guest today is supervisor manny graywall from stanislaus county when we return, we're going to be talking about something that I talked about with Sheriff Dirksy in our one of our previous Better Modesto shows here on Power Talk 1360 AM. Welcome back to the Better Modesto show. I'm your host, Chris Ricky here on Power Talk 1360 AM, KFIV, or on the iHeartRadio app. My co-host is Jim Applegate, but today my guest is Supervisor Manny Graywall. Manny, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Chris. This is great conversation,
1: much needed on issues that are affecting Modesto and Stanislaus County. So this is good for the listeners, and I appreciate uh, you guys giving me the opportunity to have this conversation with all of you and tell you what we're doing on the county level and you, Modesto City Council, not are you the only the host of this show, but you're somebody that's making policy decisions for the betterment of the citizens of Modesto.
0: Yeah, man, we're sure trying. And I've, one of the things we did try uh, when you're talking about stuff we tried is we tried to do a, uh, a camping program in Modesto for the homeless. It was called Mo's. And what they did is they moved a bunch of uh, homeless people into a big camping area uh, in the Tuolumne River Park. And, you know, it had some big successes. It had some, you know, pretty scary situations that happened as well. Um, there was like the most scary situation was there was a fire that was caused by someone cooking or something, um, which is bad and dangerous. Um, but overall, I think it was a really good experiment and it got a lot of people off the street. And so when I was talking to Sheriff Dirksy a couple of weeks ago, Um, He was mentioning how he wants to try to create some campgrounds um, where homeless can, you know, can stay and have a little dignity and have some space. Um, And I think it's a really good idea. I mean, what, how do you feel about this kind of innovative concept that Sheriff Dirksy's come up with?
1: You know, with Mo's, uh, I was on the city council when when you know the court, the uh, appellate court decision came down about camping in the parks, and that really expedited how we would come up with the solution, and that was the formation of Mo's. And like you said, there were many successes and many lessons learned. Um, obviously, because of the fact that you know this was unprecedented, one of the ones that I felt that was a real benefit uh, for for everybody uh, at Mo's was the coordination of services. Um, you know, I had to most multiple times when it was open, and I could see, you know, a food pantry truck from one of our nonprofits that have, you know, a, a true commitment to uh, Stanislaus County and the city of Modesto, and they would bring, you know, food, bottled water. Uh, one day I saw, you know, a, a Starbucks uh, a truck bringing coffee in the morning, people dropping off donuts, you know, just to give Dignity and show the care that our community has for our homeless population. Um, and it was also an opportunity uh, for services such as SSI, unemployment benefits, you know, um, behavioral health, uh, the city county partnership on uh, the care team, um, so many things. So the coordination of services was something that I felt was a positive uh, when it happened, when it came to Moes, and I think that's what transitioned into ninth and D at the Barbarian Shelter. Those conversations wouldn't have been have, have been had if it wasn't for Moes. So the concept of having uh, uh, camping sites throughout the county, I I think that's a great idea because there's a certain part. Your homeless population, that you know, it's a lifestyle, they're accustomed to that lifestyle. It, it, it's uh, like I said in the earlier t- segment, everybody has rights, and it's no different as long as you're a law abiding citizen and not creating chaos or not creating uh, uh, confrontations. How you want to live that lifestyle if somebody wants to live in the outdoors and they feel that they don't want to be confined and they want to be with their pets, and if that's, that's why we had those conversations in 9th and D so that it would be more easier. Because when we were at Mo's, we would have those conversations. Like the setup, yes, I do. Well, why wouldn't you want this long term? Well, they don't let you know um, let uh, us in with our pets or you know uh, other barriers to entry. So at Mo's, we didn't have a lot of barriers to entry. We wanted to provide a place where they felt safe and had the dignity. That's the key word, Chris. You, you, you want to make sure it's. Uh,
0: you're absolutely you're right. There. It's a dignity. You're totally right. Like they want to feel proud. This is their space. They don't, I don't need your help. I, you know, I'm a, I can take care of myself. Absolutely. You
1: know? And, 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 you know, for you and I that are accustomed to living in a certain lifestyle to try to uh, uh, kind of uh, encroach on us and say, you have to live a certain way. I mean, we're going to have some resistance to that as well. So, you
0: know, that's the same. Yeah, thing how would you feel if someone told started. you, Manny? hey, lights out at, uh, you know, at 845, man. Sorry. <laughs> no yeah exactly they're not they're not no
1: you can't be punished for your circumstances that you're right. in unless unless you've done something that's not law-abiding then obviously right. that's why that's a lot, right. a lot of that but but if you're a grown adult and you're not creating any kind of uh, unnecessary uh, uh, issues of violent activity you should be able to live the same way that you and i everybody should be able to live that way so that's what most provided and when it was shut down because of issues that came up um You know, a lot of people I heard from. They said, you know, that that was a really good situation for us, Uh, and and so now bringing out in the county, and it also gives law enforcement because we can't be policing these situations and always make any confrontation with a homeless individual that it's 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 criminal. It's you know, if they have a place and they you know law enforcement says, hey, 12 o'clock at night, you're out here on the park. What's going on? Oh, I don't have a place to stay. Oh, let us you know, direct you uh, to, to this site. And you might find this to be something that's uh, appeasable to you. And nine times out of 10, it's like, Oh yeah, that's great. And that's what we were having with most people. I mean, that's why it started out. It was, you know, 150 people. And by the time it was in, I mean, there was 600 tents on the site, you know,
0: that's right. Yeah. People
1: appreciated that. So uh, if that's the case, um, you know, I know some people are always concerned that it's too close to a certain area or a certain neighborhood, but there's enough space in the county that we could look at an area where it's a true partnership, where community uh, doesn't feel that it's impeding on their circumstances, and 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 we're providing a service. So that's the balancing act, but that's what the you know county board and community and really um, seeing this because you'd rather have that opportunity for the for the homeless population to live with dignity and not um, you know be an impediment to any business owner any uh, um, you know any neighborhood where everybody just coexists in a peaceful and productive manner together.
0: Yeah I totally agree I think this is something we can do and make work and especially if we've got law enforcement working hand in hand with uh, with service service organizations and NGOs, um, we should be able to to find some solutions to this. Um, but the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, which is similar, and it's another piece of the kind of the homeless pie, unfortunately, is mental health. Um, and I've heard this complaint many, many times. I'm sure you have too, that we just don't have enough mental health beds in in Stanislaus County. Um, I've heard that we have zero beds for minors, mental health beds for minors. Um, so my question is, like, what do you think we can do as a county to increase our mental health capacity um, in our local mental hospital?
1: You know, uh, Chris, uh, that, that obviously this is precedented times. You know, now we're seeing minors also. I, I read in... Uh, I, I read an article one day about mental health for children that they could be, you know, clinically depressed, uh, depression state as early as the age of 12 years old, um, you know, and and now they talk about it. Now they bring it up with their teachers and counselors at school. So, and, and that's great because I can just speak for myself. You know, when I was a child, that was an uncomfortable conversation that you didn't want to have, but now parents are Talking more children, not that they weren't before, but really seeing that this is something, and in the pandemic is really even catapulted it uh, to a higher degree of importance because now there's social, uh, uh, you know, social uh, uh, depression uh, because of the fact that there's not that social interaction that people had, you know, hopefully with with uh, uh, proper um, uh, restrictions. Uh, we do have a full school year this year, uh, uh, you know, because that's even uh, a, a concern right now with the new variant house look like in the next coming weeks uh, as schools start to reopen. So th- th- what we can do as a county is really advocate to the health care providers that this is something that's affecting our community. And we need assistance because at the end of the day, they have the expertise they have the uh, um, infrastructure and resources to treat these types of, uh, uh, um, I don't want to call it a disease, but these kind of types of conditions. Uh, because, yeah, I uh, agree.
0: Like it seems like we've got a better awareness of what's going on with our kids and not just our kids, but people in the community in general. You know, when I was growing up, you know, people would say, like, oh, and by the way, incredibly. You know, insensitive and you know incorrect to say that. Oh, that person was retarded, or something like that. You know, which is just—it's unacceptable and it's really deplorable thing to say about somebody. But
1: no, I mean, we're, I think we're way more everywhere. aware
0: of that stuff now, right? And so we and we work harder oh, to find like, solutions. I, I, like, you know. Yeah.
1: Like uh, you're just saying, I mean, we both probably grew up in the same era and it was a little taboo to talk about it because you yeah. didn't want the, you didn't want the uh, backlash of like, oh, that person, he's crazy or he's, you know, off the rocks or something like that. And that's unacceptable because that that you, you kept it in. And, and that just, you know, you, you you know, one of the things I have one of my really good friends who's a psychiatrist who says, you know, one of the biggest issues with depression is people don't express their true feelings to people, they want to hold it all in, and they think they're being, you know, uh, they they think that that's better for them, but it's actually uh, uh, an adverse reaction because the more you hold it in, more that depression goes because you're not having those conversations. So now that it's the awareness is there, I think that's a step in the right direction because, you know, you could just say, hey, Chris, this is what's going on in my life. This is why I'm acting a certain way. And then now, you know, ideal situation is you become an advocate and say, hey, you know, it's it's not like it's, you know, so I'm, I'm really happy about that because for school, age children myself, you know, I do that as a parent on a daily basis. Hey, everything good at school is anything, you know, out of the ordinary. And and now, you know, that awareness, I do it because of that awareness, because the conversations that could lead to uh, long, long-term issues in the future. So this is really advocating to our healthcare professionals and healthcare uh, providers, the hospitals here in the community. I mean, we have a partnership, uh, doctors, medical, uh, and we have a facility here in the county uh, in regards to mental health and behavioral health. But yeah, the capacity, uh, you know, the infrastructure is not in place to handle uh, the amount of uh, issues that are happening in our community.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we're gonna have to wrap it up there for this segment here of the Better Modesto Show. Uh, I'm your host Chris Rickey I'm also the city councilperson for Modesto's district three my guest today Manny Graywall supervisor for Stanislaus County Manny it's really good talking to you about these like real problems in our community I love how just love how in touch you are with this stuff man it's, and thanks so much for being on my uh my co-host is Jim Applegate uh, Jim's on sabbatical right now, but he's going to be back soon. I can't wait to have him back with us here on Power Talk 1360 AM KFIV. When we return, we're going to be talking about um, some new solutions we're doing uh, to try to bridge the gap between homelessness and affordable housing here. Better Modesto. Welcome back to the Better Modesto show here on 1360 Power Talk KFIV also on the iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, Chris Ricky. I'm also a city council person representing Modesto's fantastic District 3. My co-host is Jim Applegate and my guest today, supervisor. I don't even know your, your district number, Manny. What district is it? Uh, Chris, uh, District 4. Stanislaus County district representing four. Stanislaus County's district for Manny Grewall. Thanks Manny for letting me know. I should know that. I really should know that, but it's all right, man. <laughs> we're just having a conversation. All right. So we were talking a little bit about homelessness, about mental illness, but all these things are connected. And when you're dealing with homelessness, you know, you've got your first tier, which is like, Let's get, um, let's get the homeless off the streets right now. And then you've got your second tier and your second tier is kind of like, we have got you off the streets. We've connected with the struggles that got you onto the streets. And now we're going to try to help you because you've made the initial commitment to yourself that you need to make to get off the streets. We're going to help you with, um, with some housing and with some training to get some good jobs then third tier that's one we're really trying to get to which is a real just a regular house just like everybody else right and so one of the most successful things that we've done as a government as a team all of us together um has been the conversion of the kansas house it was an old hotel it was like a super eight hotel um it's on kansas avenue right by 99 um Converting that into transitional housing, tier two housing, which is essentially for people that have been really struggling. They do all the right things, they work with their caseworker, they get all the training they need, and all of a sudden, hey, you're ready. You're ready to, to go into that next tier. You're ready to get your life back together. And it's been really successful. And so, Manny, my question for you, my that was a long build up to this question, man. I'm sorry, but anyway, you you've kind of worked in the home business over the years, man. Like One of our most successful models, Kansas House, um, has been kind of taking over um, older hotel properties and remaking them into housing. So my question to you is like, how can we use that model to create new developments uh, to address, you know, our affordable housing um, crisis in our community? No, I
1: uh, long word to the question, because this has been one of the successes. I mean, in fact, you know, who's the biggest buyer of hotels in the state of California? It's the state of California, you know, because of Project Home Key, uh, it's it's been shown now that converting hotels into transitional housing is the most expedient way possible and in some some t- uh, situations the most financially um, um, you know financially make most sense as well because you have a product that is already pretty much set up for the setup you would see in a you know an apartment building with single bedroom with a restroom a kitchenette uh, so I think that that that's more expedient than having to you know build something from the ground up in these circumstances right now when there's a, uh, you know supply chain issues labor shortage um you know and then just you know chris you're in uh, government as well and you know i i would like to say that efficient in many tasks but some you have to go through a process competitive bidding and, and acquiring land and going to the policy board before uh, the decision's finally made whereas like the Kansas House was a perfect example that you used, right? I was on the city council when that happened. All right, the county's gonna put in this much, city's gonna put in this much. This is the cost to convert it, this is the cost to purchase. Within a year, we have a product. And, you know, Stanislaus County how's the Clarion Inn for affordable, uh, you know, uh, uh, the numbers, but I think it was 170 rooms. Uh, and that can turn into, uh, uh, Seventy residences for people are at that second level where they want, they they have a job, they've shown their commitment to uh, better themselves in a situation where uh, uh, at the end of the tunnel or the light at the end of the tunnel is home ownership. But there's many paths to get there sometimes. And and then um, that's why the housing authority bought that. So that provides for those families to live in a safe environment uh, for themselves and their family. So I think that model needs to be reemulated and continue to happen, and even when it leads into affordable housing, because affordable housing, you know, you, you know to get the private sector to do affordable housing, I'm going to be honest, it's going to take incentives, because if somebody's going to pay the same amount for labor, same amount for supplies and, and, and equipment and things as such, then there has to be incentives to bring that cost down. Or else, you know, there's a huge demand for market. You know, in Modesto, you're seeing it. I'm seeing, you know, I was out on National Night Out a couple of days ago, and those were the questions that came up. Like, hey, it's getting harder and harder to afford a home in Modesto. And absolutely is it is. And the pandemic has added with people working remotely. Why do you have to stay in the Bay Area and live in a house that's, you know, uh, fifteen hundred square feet, three bedroom, two baths. It's costing you one point two million dollars. When you're buying power to come in, in Modesto or Stanislaus County, buy the same house for four hundred thousand. But that's a catch twenty-two as well, Chris, because now our community, our residents, uh, are getting driven out of uh, the potential of homeownership because yeah, I mean, I had, I, kids had, kids, I literally you know, had a neighbor
0: buy a house across the street for $350,000 years ago, and they sold it for half a million two days ago, and it was on the market for, like, less than a week. Like, we have got a real problem with supply here in our local community, and you're describing it perfectly. Asking price of a home now is just uh, the starting point. So, yeah, that dovetails really well into kind of what we were talking about in terms of our housing inventory overall. I mean, we look at what we need, which is probably some people say 10,000, some people say 20,000, I'm kind of more on the 20,000 end in terms of additional units. Um, But our solution kind of just appears to be just adding more sprawl, more single family homes. So my question to you, Manny, is like how do you think we actually solve this problem of not having enough inventory?
1: Well, one of the biggest things now is there's a different kind of buyer in the market. You know, the buyers is are changing because, you know, some of the younger buyers, they would rather live in an apartment type, high density type of setting where, you know, if it's condo units and purchase for themselves uh, and they don't want the backyard, front yard like you and I have or had growing up. So you can really develop in that manner because you're seeing that all the developments with apartments are just, you know, there's zero occupancy. And now that could be a pathway into ownership, right? Lofts, downtown area lofts, um, you know, apartments. uh, That's what's gonna help with the sprawl, you know, because you can always build upwards and have more higher density units. And and that may fit a certain segment of the buying population. Then there's also after the pandemic, things have changed because now people are like, well, if there's ever another stay at home order, do I want to be cooped up in a 600 square foot apartment? Or do I want to have a yard and where I can go outside? You know, on, well, hopefully this never happens again. And this pandemic is behind us. That's something that people are putting in their mindset. So on the sprawl, There has to be conversations to responsible growth, And, you know, there's going to be compromises. There's going to have to be some tough conversations because, you know, Modesto is still growing. Stanislaus County was one of the few counties in California that had population growth last year. It wasn't much, but nonetheless population growth because of affordability of housing. Well, sooner than later, that affordability is not going to be there anymore because it's not just our community buying those houses. Like we said in the earlier conversation, there's a lot of Bay Area people that are coming here because of the affordability of housing. So earning Bay Area wages, but paying Central Valley housing prices. Well, they're, they're, that, that's going to that's affect people that earn Central Valley uh, uh, wages and trying to compete with Bay Area wage earners buying the same house.
0: So it's all it's yeah. This is like a huge thing we got going on right now, and we're yeah. We just got to keep doing what you're talking about, and I think that's why it's so important. Like one one of the things City of Modesto is doing is this revolving loan fund for downtown housing, revolving loan fund for um, for infrastructure improvements like sewer in downtown. If you're going to be doing housing, like these are big investment funds that could be really helpful to to developers. So I just hope we have some people picking up on it, but. We're gonna to have to take another break here on the Better Modesto show here on Power Talk 1360 AM. KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Chris Ricky. I'm your host. My co-host is Jim Applegate. Jim's on sabbatical. Jim, you're very lucky. You're a lucky man. Got a lot of envy there, a lot of envy going on for you being able to take a few months off. That's pretty awesome. But my guest today is the supervisor for District 4 in Stanislaus County. My personally favorite district. I got no problem saying that. Could I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that I represent most of District 4 in Stanislaus County. But great to have you on, Manny. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about housing and what we can do to kind of make it better here on the Better Modesto Show. Welcome back to the Better Modesto Show here on Power Talk 1360 AM KFIZ also on your iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, Chris Rickey. I'm also the city councilperson for Modesto's District 3. Um, my co-host is Jim Applegate. And today, my guest is Manny Grewal. He's the supervisor of Stanislaus County District 4. Manny, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. It seems like these three segments have gone really, really fast because it's been a great opportunity a good conversation. And, you know, one of the things that's really important to me, Chris, is sometimes, you know, our constituents or the people that we represent, they only get to kind of see us in passing or at a council meeting or at a county meeting. But platforms like this gives them the opportunity to kind of really uh, listen to what we have uh, to offer and what we're doing to uh, serve in their best interest. And uh, that's why, for me, one of the biggest things is, you know, I like to walk my district a lot because I love the conversations that I have at the porch step and, you know, it's, and it's not doing just, I try to do it when I'm not even running for uh, office because that's when you get the most robust conversations that have uh, a great amount of, uh, you know, information being exchanged. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to be on this platform.
0: To- yeah. Well, Manny, I don't think this is going to be like a one-time thing. I hope we can talk about a lot more stuff. Like one of my big passions is like, trying to help my constituents with, with our trees. we have had so many issues with trees and I've connected with so many of my neighbors and trying to help them with their trees. And I know you even sent me one, like one of our neighbors who was having an issue with the tree a couple of weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's all about connecting with people. But what I wanted to ask you a little more about was, um, as we talked about with remote work, which is one of the main reasons why our um, real estate prices are just skyrocketing right now is because you can work from anywhere. And if like you live in the Bay area and you're living in a half million dollar house, that's actually just like a one bedroom, one bath studio or whatever, you can sell that for half a million. You can live in Modesto in a four bedroom, three bath, like really nice house and still be an hour away from your parents and, you know, Hayward that needs your help. That's really appealing to people. Um, so my question is how can we force developers maybe not force is the right word how can we inspire developers to create communities that are just more walkable and livable and features businesses like you know like markets and coffee shops or a restaurant or something and kind of in walkable proximity you know to housing what do you what do you think about that, manny
1: I think uh that's a great uh, uh you know. Enticement uh, to bring people here. Uh, people in other communities is like, you know, I want a place where it's pedestrian friendly, where I have a bicycle trail. And, you know, some of that's here, uh, others, that, uh, city of Modesto, Corridor with Ptolemy River Park, you know. Uh, great assets in this community and we need to capitalize on them and you know really uh, make that uh, known that you know these these resources are here in this county and expend funds to even uh, really uh, make them even more uh, attractive Uh, you know Ptolemy River Park and I know you and I both serve on the uh, board for Ptolemy River Park and you know it breaks my heart uh, just this last week I did uh, I was on the news in regards to you know illegal in those areas and now you know that's that's a wake-up call for all of us that you know we can we can't just blame oh that's not our jurisdiction that's fish and wildlife or that's city of modesto or that's stanislaus county regional asset that we all need to make sure that it is enticing for you utilize and continue to utilize for generations now when it comes to housing developments you know the market's going to dictate that the buyer's going to dictate that the developers are really is looking for, and that is the new, uh, you know, requirement that a young buyer wants is, hey, I want a place where I can go jogging in the morning without buy a car or or riding my bicycles, in friendly areas, and then you know, the big uh, community, uh, I'm going to say their name because I'm a little envious that they're beating us at doing that in a, in a neighboring county, but it's the market, sh- you know, it's the small coffee shops where people go on a jog or a walk and then afterwards kind of coalesce at a co- neighborhood coffee shop. So I, I think that's going to uh, happen now because the developers are seeing that that's something wrong. And if they're not, and you're, you ask what kind of entices them, well, then the city should be more intentional about saying we want those type of developments. So we're willing to put our money where our mouth is and we're, we're willing to, you know, maybe some help in fees because there's a little bit more cost, right? Because I'm gonna be honest, um, Chris, for a lot of these develop huge development companies, it's all about the bottom line. And it's how many houses can we get per acre? And, you know, whatever, uh, you know, five houses, six houses, per acre smaller lots and things as such. Well, then the amenities are lost in that conversation, because what is adding a park or, or a bigger, you know, a, a walkway or, or, or area for a strip center. Well, you know, that's where the city can come in and be intentional say, hey, we want more uh, housing developments that look like this. And yeah, they- because of that will you know, incentivize you by you know, lower connection fees, lower um, uh, you know, fees to uh, get developed permit fees. So those are the conversations that we could do as a community, but
0: it's gonna be driven by
1: the buyer. And I think it's already there.
0: You know, and I think if you could create, look, there's money in everything, but I think if you could create, I was looking at these um, really small like apartments that they were selling in Baltimore. And what they had done is they had redeveloped a mall, and they had created, uh, you know, between 600 and 800 square foot apartments. They had everything you needed. They had a bed. They had a nice kitchen. They had a decent uh, decent bathroom, enough room for a person to live, or even a couple. And you could sell that for $100,000, $150,000. But that's just that thinking is not there right now. But you can definitely make money doing that. You know that. Yeah, no, I I think it's gonna take. It's it's kind of like the precursor, right? Like
1: I always uh, uh, feel this is this is true to uh, just Modesto in general. It's it's the first uh, uh, you know franchise or the first uh, group that takes a risk, and then and then it becomes uh, you know like wow. And I remember you know meeting with a lot of business owners like you know when when Panera Bread came into Modesto, and it was like wow, you know, we came into Modesto and this is like, what's one of our best producing Panera breads in Northern California. So we're going to open up a second one, right? This, you know, so they, they opened the one on McHenry, then they opened the one out on Dale. I mean, Dutch Brothers, they opened up and they're like, wow, you know, you drive by the Dutch Brothers right now in the city of Modesto and it's the line's probably going to take you I mean, 30 minutes Jesus. To, to yeah go- <laughs> so now you got three more popping up in Modesto so it's always you know there's that initial hesitancy because sometimes people just think that you know Modesto not going to be able to support this and they come I remember talking to the owner of, or the franchisee for Habit Burger. he said you know when I came in I thought I don't know how it's going to do Modesto this and he goes now you know the the franchise tells him that he's one of the best performing franchisees in the entire country in yeah. Modesto yeah I mean the Marriott Hotel in in North Modesto you know, Marriott was hesitant to come to Modesto. They said, oh, we haven't had great experiences with Modesto. It's the top five hotel in their entire portfolio, in the Marriott portfolio. So, you know, people need to take a chance on Modesto. And I'm telling you, that chance, you won't be proven
0: wrong. Yeah, we and we as, like, council people need to, like, not you're not a council person anymore. I'm sorry, man. Here. Hey, but my heart still bleeds <laughs> Modesto, Chris. Once the council sorry. member, always a council member. Right <laughs> on, man, but... We as as local government people, we need to like encourage this direction, you know, and and so I just got to keep doing that. I know, I hope you do too, man. But I think that hey, uh, you, there's you a got, lot of opportunities for got, us out there. You got a there. true
1: partner in that. No, you got a true partner in that, uh, Chris. Being born and raised in Modesto, I I am not saying this just you know, as as, as, as a, a, a public official, but as a lifelong resident in Modesto, I take it personal when somebody talks bad about Modesto. So my, if there's anything that I could do in my time in public service is changing that conversation to, wow, Modesto's is doing great things. And I look forward to working with people like you that have that same mindset that, you know, we want Modesto County to be one of the best places to live, not only in the state, but in the entire nation, where people can say, you know, Modesto is a good place, it's a great place to raise a family, and it's a great place to grow old. Um, and that's my commitment, you know, I already have my room at Dale Commons. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you do. Uh, you're all. You what? What are you? How You're like 30 years old, aren't you, Manny? Like Jesus, you've already got a. a seriously, you've got your your retirement home. No, I, I say
1: that, but jokingly. But that's <laughs> that's just my
0: trying to bring in the point that
1: I'm I'm in Modesto for 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 my lifetime. This has been a great community to you know be brought. Up up in now Jas and i and my wife are raising our four children here and we both are intentional in the fact that we're going to stay here regardless i know there's sometimes you hear stories and people think oh there's greener pastures somewhere else but modesto is our green pasture i love it and i'm not 30 i'm 40 41 but i if you think i look at 30 then i appreciate it
0: You are, you are, I mean, look, no one can deny you're handsome, man. That's, that's true. Uh, Um, Thank you. I, 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 it makes me, but it does. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It makes me feel better that you're over 40. Definitely makes me feel better. Um, (laughs) But hey, man, it has been so good catching up with you. This is a place for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's been great catching up with you here on the show, on the show this week. So man, it's been so good.
1: No, thank you again. Thank you. We miss Jim. Hopefully next time you guys... Still uh, allow me to have this opportunity again in the future and talk more about it. But uh, Chris, I appreciate uh, you know working with you on making our uh, region just a better place. So thank you again so much, and um, and I appreciate. I hope I didn't bore your audience and ratings don't come down because of me.
0: Oh well, you know we we are very concerned about ratings here on the Better Modesto Show. It's um, we we spend we I, man been staying up nights thinking about it, but um, we will have you back, Jim and I um and what we should just plan on it like maybe three or four months man and we can talk some more um and hopefully like what i'd really like to do if you're cool with it manny is like talk about some of these subjects that we talked about this time and talk about the progress we've made i mean let's be honest like we sit here and talk and like and and i'm speaking for myself here not you manny but i i tend to bloviate a little bit um and i just want to be able to say to my listeners like hey we actually did x and y right like So what do you think of that? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we we all are accountable to our
1: communities. And it's always nice to come back with some good news and progression of the ideas that we've talked about and deliverables to our community to know that, you know, we have our best, best, um, you know, opportunities ahead of us. And
0: uh, we have the best interest
1: of the community with us.
0: Right on, Manny. Well, thanks again for being on the show. This is the Better Modesto Show here on 1360 AM KFIV. You can also listen on right in your pocket. Just pull it out of your pocket the iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, Chris Rickey. I'm also the councilperson representing Modesto's fabulous District 3. My co-host, Jim Applegate, couldn't be here today. But it was really great having you on, Manny. Um, Supervisor from District 4, Stanislaus County. Man, we'll we'll be in touch. Stay in touch. Thank with you, you Manny. so much. All right. Thank man. you so much.